Welcome back to another Courtney Nolan, the podcast episode. Today's episode is all about lube and normalizing everything in the lube family and how there's no shame attached to it. So the first time this topic came up, the very first person I thought of that would be perfect to teach us all about this was beautiful Eleanor. So I'm going to hand it straight to you. And if you can, yeah, give us a bit of a spiel about how you know so much about lube and why you're the why am I go-to? Why are you the guru? Amazing. So my name is Eleanor Hadley. I'm a certified sex educator, writer, and speaker. I'm also very proud to be the in-house pleasure expert for a lubricant and condom pleasure-based brand called Frenchie. So in my time working as a brand ambassador with Frenchie, I've learned so much about lube. I've studied a lot about lube and written many an article about the joys of lubricant. And Myself, I also consider myself a lube girly. I love lube. I think it just makes sex way better. And so I'm a huge advocate for using it at all times. Yes. So I think one of the things that I learned recently, and I mean, I'm in my 30s and I still like this was still new information for me. And I think like doing my sex educator training and learning about everything sex related has opened my eyes to what has been taught as normal and what people feel shame around and how the things that are not actually normal shouldn't be feared or shamed. And what I'm talking about is when one of the books I was reading was um, explaining how how self-lubricating you are has nothing to do with how aroused you are. So you can be really, really aroused and actually not be all that lubricated, not all that wet. And I like I think this, when it, when I teach this to clients now, they find it really, I think it almost gives them permission to just be okay with where their body's at instead of being like, oh, well, I'm not how it looks on porn or, oh my God, like this erotica that I was reading, it said that she was dripping. Why aren't I like that? Like what's wrong with me? And I think this is where, like that's the normal train of thought. I hate using the word normal, but that's such a common like way people think that it's like there's a stigma around using lube, that if you use lube, that you mustn't be aroused and help us like blow the lid off this with me. (laughs) Oh, this is such a harmful stigma that really makes so many people just have quite unsatisfying sex lives because we believe it to be gospel. And so what you're referring to there is a a theory or a a term referred to as arousal non-concordance. And this is where our mental arousal might not necessarily match with our physical arousal. So we have a desire for sex, for pleasure, for connection. And arousal is the physical manifestation of that desire, especially that mental desire, the mental arousal for sex. And so one of these markers is lubrication. It can also be blood flow. That's how an erection happens. It can be rosy cheeks. It can be erect nipples, things like this that indicate to the body, oh yes, I'm ready for sex, I am turned on, I'm opening for it. Now, the problem with equating 
arousal with lubrication, natural lubrication, is that we, we equate it as the same, that you must be aroused because you are wet or you must be wet because you are aroused. And for some people, that equation works for them. And that is the case. You know, um, we've all heard those lines in romance novels um, or yes. in porn or um, mm-hmm. on TV where it's like, oh my gosh, she was like dripping wet for me. Like, oh my God, her panties were soaked through. Mm-hmm. And look, some people absolutely there are different levels of natural lubrication that we have. And these can be based on our type of genitals and the way that they're configured, because there are so many different um, types of vulvas and they will have naturally different levels of lubrication. Lots of things also um, can factor into our natural level level of lubrication, our hormones, our stress, our sleep, um, our level of desire, uh, where we are in our cycle, um, within our menstrual cycle or our life cycle, so many different factors. And so to just say, oh, aroused equals wet, wet equals aroused is just a little bit too simplified. Mm -hmm. So arousal non-concordance is where sometimes you might be mentally aroused, but physically you're not dripping wet, soaking through your panties, but you do feel ready. And you're like, yeah, I actually do really want sex. Um, and I want to be penetrated in this case, right? That's often what we're thinking of when we're thinking of like, I need the lube. Um, yeah. And then there's other times where yeah, you might just be naturally super, super wet. And someone like a lover might take that or yourself for your own self-pleasure might take that as an indication of like, oh yeah, you're ready to go. Good. Let's go. Like, let's just pop something in. Let's have a play. But you might mentally not be that aroused. You might not actually be feeling ready for that. And so it's really important to always be checking in with yourself and say, okay, am I actually ready? for this type of exploration right now, whether that's internal or external stimulation. Um, And if I am someone who isn't naturally as lubed up, how can I help myself? How can I find some lube and how can I allow myself to see that as totally okay? Oh my God. I completely agree. And I think it is funny because sometimes you can be like, you might, you might be, really wet and be like, actually, I don't know if I'm ready. And that was just something that even came up yesterday in the podcast that I was recording about a consent and just really asking for permission and it being like, you know, are you ready? Or just really like when you're talking about checking in it, that being like, like, it's such a different way of doing it than just assuming, oh, you're wet. So you are ready. I think it just puts you more in the driver's seat with everything, which with sex, it's so important. Like we talk about to be coming from a really informed, empowered place. So you're actually feeling comfortable enough to explore the way that you want to. Tell me, I I know that we talked about lube a couple of days ago and it was about different um, brands and types and all of these different things. And one of the things that you mentioned that really, really surprised me was about coconut oil. And I had been told recently that it was actually like, yeah, this is a really good option um, for people. Like, I mean, I do a lot of work with um, people who've had children and sometimes like the recommendation is not actually 
as refined as it needs to be. So can you tell me, the, talk to me about the, the coconut oil as a personal lubricant? Absolutely. Gosh, I definitely fell into the coconut oil trap um, myself. And I think that it is a really common one to reach for, especially for those who are really conscious of, you know, toxins and putting random products on our bodies, especially in the most intimate area. And so the fact that coconut oil is quote unquote natural seems like it must be a great choice. Um, and, you know, it's oil-based, obviously, and oil always feels quite nice. Um, however, what I have learned and just like really experienced this myself, I, I was using it for a while, but also noticing that just internally, I felt a little raw. It didn't feel as nourishing um, mm. and it didn't feel as close to my natural lubrication as I think lube can be. And so one major problem with coconut oil is that it can cause disturbances in our internal flora um, and our vaginal microbiome. Um, and it can actually kill our protective bacteria, um, which is what we really, really want. And we all know that the vagina is a self-cleaning oven. Um, it's a very, <laughs> very delicate environment. We don't need to be putting anything up inside to clean. Um, and our pH is so, so sensitive. And so often it gets thrown off by the smallest things. And so it's incredibly important that we're using products um, in and around our vagina in particular, as well as our vulva, um, that are supportive and pH friendly. Now, with coconut oil, most raw coconut oils, which is what people tend to use, um, they tested a pH level of around seven. Now, it's not acidic enough for um, to be supportive in our own pH because the natural vaginal environment is generally around 4.5 in terms of pH level. And so when you're putting something that isn't pH balance in your vagina, in your vaginal canal, you're asking for infections, for, um, for things like thrush as well. Um, it can cause disturbances, especially if you're quite sensitive, um, which a lot of people are. And so I understand the appeal of using something supernatural, but natural yeah. doesn't always mean safe. And I think that's a really important thing to, to kind of wrap our heads around. Yes, I definitely agree because that was the like that was the the reason like it, I think it was my pelvic floor physio after having the boys actually and we were talking about um you know really supporting what I call like the recovery of you know the recovery of childbirth because you know having you know pregnancy and then bubs it can be it can be really like it takes a toll on your body but obviously if you're having a natural delivery or even a c-section you're causing a trauma to that area. And at that point, when I did go and see the pelvic floor physio with, you know, the six week checkup, it was very much like the emphasis was on like, how can I be as nourishing to my body as possible? And she recommended, yeah, coconut oil. So like, that's what I'd been using. And I was like, mm, this is just not something that feels as great as I thought it would be. Because like you're saying, like, it's natural. You're like, this should be good. Like people eat coconut oil, they put it on their skin, in their hair, they do like 
you know, pulling in their mouth, like they do so many different things. Like this is just like this super magic product. Like surely my fanny will like this, but it's like, mm, I don't, I just can't nail what it is. So that's so helpful like to understand why coconut oil is probably not the best option unless, like you said before, it gets a specific Um, specifically designed version of coconut oil. Exactly. And so some lubricants out there, they might feature coconut oil as an ingredient, but they are designed in a way in which um, they're pH friendly and they're not going to disturb the balance because what's a real shame um, in the sort of sex industry, um, the lubricant industry, if you will, is that a lot of the times there are products on the shelves, especially the supermarket shelves, chemist shelves, that are just quite harmful for Mm. our actual vaginal pH and are going to cause more harm than good. And, you know, they're just marketed as like, oh, like it's glow in the dark and (laughs) tingling sensation. And look, some of them might be fine, but Often the ingredients in these are just so awful for us. And yeah, they might provide a little bit of pleasure at the time. Sometimes, especially like, I don't want to get all patriarchal. On, <laughs> how do we not? Um, often they're created with the male gaze in mind. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe like for, I'm going to t- talk in like cisgender terms, maybe for his pleasure, like, oh, wow, great. How amazing. Um, but really it's not supportive of us and we need to really, really put um, ourselves first when it comes to this because we are so much more sensitive. I mean, we're sensitive to even our partners, um, like semen, that can throw out our pH. Um, And some people out there are wildly sensitive to any changes in their pH. Mm -hmm. Maybe coconut oil feels fine for them. Um, I still wouldn't necessarily recommend it, um, but we can talk as well about the differences between water-based and oil-based. Yes, well. let's go there. Let's go there because that is definitely that is definitely something that I, I always find super interesting. Like water-based, um, is it silicon? Yes. Yep. Cool. Tell, talk to me about them. Okay, so we've got water-based silicon and oil-based lubes. Mm-hmm. So for me, generally, I I would put it on a scale. Let's say. At the top, water-based, absolutely wonderful all-rounder, so many good, good reasons to use water-based, then oil-based, then silicon. I tend not to even recommend silicon-based lubes at all. I feel like a lot of them will throw out your pH. Um, It's a little bit too harsh. Um, They're not great to use with sex toys, um, with condoms, things like that. Um, not, Not as good. So water-based, water-based is the number one. I always, always recommend having a water-based on hand because it is wildly versatile. You can use water-based for solo pleasure. Um, You can use it um, with toys, silicon sex toys, uh, glass, stainless steel, any any sort of material, water-based is going to be safe to use. You can use it for partnered sex. Uh, You can use it for vaginal, for anal, all the things um, it is my most favorite and most recommended. Um, and then I would go to an oil base. Now, oil base and silicon base, you cannot use with silicon sex toys. Um, or you can't use oil based with condoms. 
And the reason for this is that it will degrade the material. So silicon on silicone, oil on silicone is going to degrade that silicone. So if, if I was to get a condom out and just like rub it with oil for a while, eventually it's going to start disintegrating. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's why we also want to be careful with like latex condoms as well. We can't use um, the silicon or sorry, the oil base on latex condoms because it is going to degrade that, which makes it less safe to use condoms. The reason that you're using condoms is to stay safe and protected. <laughs> and so we don't want to use something that is going to um, kind of get in the way of that. Now, where I would suggest oil base is for your own self-pleasure or for condom-free safe sex. Um, it is, it feels delicious. There's lots of different types of oil-based ones. Again, you're only going to use something that is formulated specifically for um, pH-friendly uh, yeah. general use. <laughs> and that, will that say that on the products? Like, is that something that you found? Because obviously, like for me, understanding... Um, like the pH and how the different lubes can play a role in that. When I'm looking for products, I want to be able to clearly work out which ones are good and which ones aren't and which ones are pH friendly. Is that something that they'll um, they'll market? Like, is that something they really want to be advertising as one of the benefits of their particular product? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to go for something that specifies that it's pH friendly because that means that they, firstly, they give a shit. Um, <laughs> Um, but they've actually done the testing and they understand that it is a really, really important thing. They're not mm -hmm. just like, oh yeah, here's some lube, slippery, slippery, woo, go for it. Yeah. It's like, we understand that this is a very delicate area and we've tested this and it is safe. You know, you definitely want to, um, to find something that covers that. Yeah. Cause it's not just, you know, the hour of sex that you have, like it's, it's afterwards and if it's days after and you're still, you know, you're not feeling comfortable and like that can throw out so many things. Like there can be so many repercussions, like for what you thought was just a harmless, you know, owl or romp yeah. now turns into, you know, a weeks of you having like either a yeast infection or thrush or something like this. And you're just like irritated. It's like, you're just like understanding how this choice that you thought was a really, really good one. It might actually not be. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's such a great point. You know, yeah, it might just seem like, oh, it's just lube, like whatever, I'll just pick up something from the supermarket. Um, or I won't bother, I'll just use spit, um, which isn't super it's not a great idea. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> we need something a little bit more uh similar to our natural lubrication, right? Um, it's a different consistency. Let's not do that. Um if you're just sort of skimming out of it on it and you're just sort of choosing whatever and not thinking about how it's been designed and formulated on purpose, then yeah, you're right. This flow on effect can be huge. Mm. You can feel uncomfortable um, at, you know, at best and you can feel really, really irritated and end up with different infections at worst. Um, yeah. And all of this it's almost like these little micro traumas where it can sometimes have an impact on your future sex, you know, how, how excited you're going to feel for it, how pleasurable you're going to um, allow it to be. If you're going to allow yourself to fully let go, or if you can have in the back of your mind, fuck, last time I slept with this person, I got um, a yeast infection. I got thrush. I got 
um, irritated and, oh, is that in the back of my mind? And is that going to stop me from now experiencing deep pleasure? And so what we can do to sort of enhance pleasure and our sort of safety and comfort throughout sex is going to kind of have a little compounding effect and make it better and better as we go on. Is there a way, I know I'm throwing on the spot here, is there a way that if you haven't um, used lube too much before because of you've just, for whatever reason, if you haven't been comfortable to bring it up or you thought it was um, maybe like, like a shame piece, is there something that you would suggest in the way that you can bring it up with your partner or future partners and in terms of being like, hey, I want to you know, use lube. Like is there something like for me, I'm very straightforward, so that would be what I'd say. Um, but I'm just trying to think outside the box. Is there something like another way of you being like, oh, this is why I want to use lube or this is how I want to try it? Yeah. Well, firstly, I would say everything is better with lube. Like even if you're like, if you're not thinking, oh, I'm typically we think, oh, you only use lube if you're dry. Um, and I don't love that language. Um, but lube makes everything better even if you don't think you're a typical candidate to use lube, it's going to make it feel way better. Like, <laughs> it's delightful. Um, and so you can just sort of have that um, mindset of like, everything feels better with lube. Like, why wouldn't we use lube? It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have it on your side table, have it ready to go. Um, I, I'm definitely um, an advocate for having the conversation prior to sex mm-hmm. Um, rather than sort of springing it on in the middle of sex. Um, I am a big, big advocate as well for having a really conscious conversation about your expectations, your desires, your boundaries, everything like that before you even sleep with someone um, at all. And so for me, as someone who um, who does have like a natural um, desire for lube, I will mention that in advance and be like, hey, I, especially because um, I have had endometriosis, it's almost healed now, um, but that has affected my um, experience of internal sex and the potential for pain upon mm-hmm. penetration. And so I'll bring that up and I'll say, hey, um, I sometimes can experience pain. Um, and so it's really helpful for me to use lube. Um, so I'd really like to make sure that we do that. Um, it's just going to be more comfortable for me, especially um, with condom use. Um, condoms can sometimes feel like they almost dry you out. Yeah. Um, and like kind of wick away all the moisture. It's wild. They should make like active wear out of condoms. Um, <laughs> and so that's something else that I'll mention I'll be like oh gosh yeah like my pussy doesn't love condoms um but obviously we're using them so just like let's please use the lube um when we use condoms just so it's more comfortable as well love it yeah I love it I think with everything new like um I, I don't know if it's easier or harder if it's somebody that you've been with for quite a while to have the sorts of conversations because if you've been having sex a particular way and whether it's positions or fetishes or desires or whatever it might be, or with whether you've used with or without lube, if you are introducing something that's not your, you know, air quote norm, it can be really daunting. And I think that's that can be what discourages people from being like, oh, hey, this is what I'm trying. But I think like my biggest advice with anything new, with anything sex related with a partner is like, well, this is a person that you want to, 
be creating pleasure and sharing pleasure with. Mm-hmm. And if it's not feeling pleasurable, you should be looking at ways to improve your communications that it can feel more enjoyable. And especially after having um, the boys to me, we did have to try different loops. We did have to go through um, different products and stuff like that to see which ones were a good fit for me and which ones were a good fit for my husband and see which ones we both really liked and weren't irritated by. Like some of them have a really offensive smell. And for me being super sensory, I was like, oh, don't like that um, and just wasn't on board. But you you said you work with Frenchie. Tell me about their products. Yeah, so Frenchie, I really, really love their lubes because they are designed to pH friendly. Like they really, really care about your, your pH. Um, and so mm-hmm. they're all specifically designed. They are water-based. This is what they look like. Um, water-based with natural ingredients and you know we had the conversation about natural Mm. before these are all ingredients that are antibacterial um anti um fungal there are a lot of the ingredients are actually australian native botanicals and so they have properties that support the ph and the the sensation of the lube, the sort of feel of it is very, very similar to natural um, vaginal lubrication, which is so nice because I think sometimes, especially with silicon, it can feel sticky and it's like on my hands, it's on my sheets and it doesn't feel as, as good. It feels a bit goopy. So in terms of looking for lubes, it can be really, really helpful to find ingredients that we want to avoid or we want to look for so I just want to sort of list off some so that you are aware when you're shopping around for different lubes you can kind of make sure what you want to find and what you want to avoid so anything that has the ingredients some parabens um, animal products like casein synthetic colorants petrochemicals synthetic flavoring glycerin gluten or fragrance avoid like the plague (laughs) even if it says that it's quote-unquote natural these things are often going to dry you out Um, they can cause ph imbalance throw you off Um, please avoid those so in terms of what to look for in a lubricant is you want something um, for a water-based, I'd go for something aloe-based that can be really, really nourishing. Um, you want something that has a pH balance formulation. Ideally, make sure that it does say that it is pH balanced and they actually really care about that. Ideally, a water-based one will be friendly for use with latex condoms. Um, Something that's hypoallergenic is great as well. Something that says it can be used with toys um, and making sure that it doesn't have any of those ingredients that I listed before is going to be ideal. Depending if you're looking at a water-based and oil-based lube, the ingredients will be different, um, but just avoiding those harmful ones is going to be a great place to start. Incredible. I, it's just something that you don't realize can have such a flow on effect. And I mean, there's so many hurdles that people go through anyway. It's like the hurdle of thinking that there's something wrong with you if you need lube and then how to bring it up because there's that sort of stigma with it. And then which one to look for? Cause it's like, what is that? That wet stuff one in Woolies that looks like it's got a big bloody splash on it. And people are like, Oh, that's easy. That's good. That sounds, that's what I want. So I'll just buy that. 
But when you actually understand A, what's happening with your body, B, what the wrong lube can do to your body, you really do take a more conscious effort into looking at the product instead of just willy-nilly just deciding that'll do. So I am so grateful and I know everyone who listens to this body will be too, just to have had your incredible insights into the lube world. Like it's not spoken about enough. And I think like I'm finding that with everything sex related and everything that I talk about, like people like, wow, it's just not spoken about enough. And obviously lube is not a topic that people talk about at the dinner table. So I love having you here. Is there anything else that you think is so incredibly pertinent that people would benefit from? And where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful chatting all things lube. Um, nothing else to add, but please feel free to sort of reach out if you have any other questions. You can find me on Instagram at Eleanor Hadley. My website is the same, eleanorhadley.com as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time.